0: Welcome to Pastor Potluck after a long hiatus.
1: Long I, hiatus.
0: Okay, and I am Court Green, and the uh, the backup vocals that you just heard were Peter Constantian. And it's glad. it's it's good to be back. I'm glad to be back. Um, we've both been on trips, so we are starting something probably a very short series. The I don't know. It might just be two. podcast road trip series i guess the travel series the journey the the journey with court and peter so or peter and court i don't care who goes first but here we are and we're back and um let's see we each had our trips uh peter did release a podcast while i was gone and i did not while he was gone and then i got sick he got sick we been sick. It's been a month, or two months. It's been longer than a month. Yeah, it was the beginning of September when I went on my trip. Wow. And, anyway. Well, I'm
1: excited to hear about your trip, because I haven't heard that much about it, and I'm excited to talk about my trip. And you went to Colorado, if I'm not mistaken.
0: I did go to Colorado by way of Wyoming. Okay. And I went in the quest for shooting a bear and it was it was fun and challenging there are parts of it that weren't fun Um, there was just so much of it that I have never done before and that those parts were interesting but you haven't asked me any questions so
1: well uh, many people in the Canton listening area may be familiar with bear hunting as it is done in this part of the country compare and contrast bear hunting in Colorado or specifically what you did with uh-huh. what is done here
0: okay whole different world like here and it's, it's partially a big part of it is because of the terrain they have mountains that are I mean, the, it's the Rockies but it's like where we were weren't the Rockies that you see on you know TV and postcards and stuff with the humongous peaks um this was, I mean, if you looked in the distance, you could see those year-round snow-capped mountains, but um, this was more similar to our mountains, it was higher. Uh, elevation sickness is a legit thing. Like I think at my house, we're at like just under 3,000 feet. There, we were at between eight and 10,000 feet. So mm-hmm. it was a significant difference. And the first day I was out there, I was like a, you know, a headache constantly just because of that. But... The elevation is not the big thing. It's, it's the, the vegetation. And so you'll have you know the peak of a mountain here. You get on it. You stand on it. You take a foot to the left or right. You're off of it, of the peak. And the ridge lines are pretty small, too. Whereas there, they have these humongous, I guess they're called mesas, I don't know, but these huge fields on top of the mountains. And it's, it's technically a desert. Hmm. And so not many trees... A lot of like sage and brushy Brush. stuff mm. that's pretty small. So you can see, like, if you have a, a 100 yard shot here, that's a long shot. Mm-hmm. Out there, don't even think yardage, think miles. Wow. And so here, to find a bear and, and have a shot at it, you're going to chase it with dogs, use their noses to find it, and use their pack hunting to get it either treed if it's small enough that it'll climb a tree and yet it's big enough that you would want to kill it um, or bait up which is when you get enough dogs and tire it out enough that it's just it's decided it's too big to climb a tree it's just gonna hunker down and fight and then you want to get your dogs off of it as fast as possible and shoot it or else it'll just start killing dogs um, as a dog lover I don't love that Um, but there I mean if if you have good dogs again I'm talking about here then they'll know how to stay alive and mostly stay uninjured and then some people even will train a catch dog often a pit bull or a Catahoula or some sort of mix that will actually go and grab the Bears nose and just hang on so did you have dogs in Colorado? No, no, no. The, You cannot. You It's illegal to use dogs to hunt bears in Colorado, or at least the place that we were. Okay. But you don't need them. Okay. Because instead of taking dogs, you take binoculars or a spotting scope, and you can sit on one mountain, and you can watch the side of, like, three or four mountains hmm. five, six, seven hundred yards away. Hmm. And that's another thing. I had to learn to shoot for, like, the, the furthest – shooting range that I have access to here is 250 yards and we went to a relative of the guy that went with me we went to his house the first night he lives in Laramie Wyoming and he is a member of some place that has a shooting range and it was like eight nine hundred yards hmm. because again sprawling landscape and so it, that was fun you know on day one To get to see what it was like to shoot that far, Mm I had never done it Hmm. because you're either going to hit a mountain, the woods, or a building if you try to shoot that far here. And so, out there though, is like you might see some of those giant windmills, but that's about it, or or antelope or something. But anyway, so I, I was good out to 600, like I could absolutely hit what I was shooting at. And then I stretched it out, and I and I hit every now and then, but I wasn't confident out past that. But I, I was actually surprised I could shoot that far. Um, so anyway, then we went from from Wyoming down to Colorado, and it's just a different world. Um, we camped the whole time because you know we're in the middle of nowhere, and it's like you know where do where are we going? Well, you go down to johnson street and then you take a ride on red fern road i'm making these up although we do have a johnson, johnson street in Canton. um it's not like that it's like you go and you're on a highway but it's dirt and then you turn off on just some number mm-hmm. if you can see a sign and i i, I could not tell you where we were so, you keep saying we, and so how many people did you go with? So, there were two hunters, and the guy that I went across the country with, we went, he and I, we were virtually strangers, but he, I mean, they invited me. His wife was a member of our, of our, at our church, but he and I drove through Tennessee, up through Kentucky, and then Illinois, I think we, Missouri, like, crossed a little bit of Kansas just like barely and then Iowa Nebraska Wyoming Colorado that was the the route we took Nebraska's huge by the way yes it's it is. huge and there's nothing there I have relatives um, there there's Cabela's that's the <laughs> only thing there um, anyway so we we went that way um, when we got to Wyoming his son lives there so his son and his grandson who is three joined us they didn't have bear tags but they just you know wanted to go for the the camping and the adventure and so we go out hunting every day and they would just do stuff you know father son activities so that was cool um, and you yeah, know the son's a really good hunter too and so he would go look for you know bear signs or whatever he just didn't take a gun with him mm-hmm. or he didn't want to he didn't want to be seen as hunting because telling a forest ranger or whatever or a game warden i'll promise you i'm not really hunting i just happen to have a rifle that's not going to fly so anyway so you know we we did our best to follow the rules and all that stuff so
1: i want to circle back to the story of the hunt okay uh but i did want to um insert myself here on behalf of our listeners to say if you're not really interested in hunting or a hunting story and you're listening to pastor Pop Luck because we usually talk about scripture we'll get there we yeah. are going to talk about scripture but we're also going to talk a lot about this hunting trip because i'm interested in it um, and so just fair warning and so do with that what you will i would like to read some scripture now if that's cool
0: that's cool except let me say one thing first yes so the new to me stuff started when we showed up because i've never been a camper either Okay. And so I pitch a tent and sleep in it. And it's like, okay, I haven't done this since I was like 12 at a Boy Scout camping ground. Mm-hmm. So this is completely yeah, isolated in the middle of the wilderness. Uh, didn't know how to set up my sleeping pad, froze until I figured out the next day they taught me, you know, you did that wrong. And so it was the adventure started right away. So wow. Go ahead.
1: Okay. Well, it's, uh, we're recording this um, just after the midterm elections. And I mentioned that because I, I took the liberty of uh, Googling every reference to Scripture in the Bible. And um, there are not that many. Reference to Scripture in the Bible. There, there's a lot to, of Scripture in the Bible, actually. Reference to bears in Scripture, which we also call the Bible. And uh, there are not that many to choose from although you may be starting to think of some examples, we found one that we thought could be a, a helpful window here in talk, talking about uh, the current um, state of the world and also weaving in the story of the bear hunt. I'm personally a believer in, in, in tactile ways of interpreting Scripture. So, for example, when I was at Duke Divinity School, we planted a biblical orchard and we planted fruit trees and herbs that you would read about in scripture, because I think it actually adds something when you know a little bit about what is being mentioned in the Bible. And not a lot of people have experience with bears close hand. Yeah. Uh, and so that's kind of why I'm interested because I feel like maybe your experience with this bear close hand is going to help me understand the ferocity that is usually, um, Implied in scripture. So the scripture we picked here is from Proverbs chapter 28. And I don't think we've ever read a scripture out of Proverbs for the podcast. I don't think we have. Well, listen now for the word word of the Lord. This is from Proverbs chapter 28 verses 15 and 16. Would
0: you like to read? I can. I'm reading from the NRSVUE. Proverb 28. Fifteen through sixteen says, Like a roaring lion or a charging bear is a wicked ruler over a poor people. A ruler who lacks understanding is a cruel oppressor, but one who hates unjust gain will enjoy a long life. Thus ends the reading.
1: So by no means do I want us to pivot this into a commentary on our politicians, whether uh, recently elected or not. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the scripture makes a comparison between a w- wicked ruler over poor people and a charging or a roving bear, and uh, depending on the translation you're using. And so I wonder... If you might help us through telling us a little bit more about your uh, search for, your pursuit of, and your uh, observation of bears in the wild, what they're like. And then maybe we can understand better what it's like for a wicked ruler to to rule over a poor people.
0: I think to answer that question, I'm going to point to what I saw when I was not having much luck. On this hunt so again it was a totally new way of hunting where you go out into a place you've never seen before and you just look for stuff either the stuff you're hunting or the stuff it eats Um, and so I noticed fairly early on I saw one bear I never got a shot at it and it was staying kind of at the tops of the mountains and out of the valleys and every time I saw one moving They would always be moving in a straight line. And I noticed that the elk did not. There were elk all over the place. Hmm. Um, Didn't see any deer. Saw tons of free-range cattle and tons of elk Mm -hmm. and then a a few bears. Anyway, so the elk would move like deer move. They're kind of timid. They move based on how smells and the plants they're eating and all that stuff are. So they kind of zigzag all over the place never getting too far away from stuff to hide behind. And bears don't do that. And I asked a guy who was, well, we've already talked about it. And we asked the guy that was traveling and hunting with me, why is it that they're like that? And he said, because they don't have to be scared of anything. Mm. Well, what's the bear have to fear? Mm-hmm. You know? A mountain lion, I guess, but that's it. Yeah. And so and they might And they, they want, might be able
1: to go toe-to-toe with the mountain Probably. Lion
0: depending on how big they are. I guess the thing they have to fear the most is another bear that's bigger than them. You know, I had no
1: idea we'd be talking about lions in this conversation, too, but the Scripture mentions those as well. It does,
0: and that's that's another thing. So if you think about what this is talking about, a wicked ruler, Mm -hmm. it's going to make a lot of noise, Mm. like a roaring lion, Mm -hmm. and it's going to act brazenly Mm. without fear because generally a wicked ruler an oppressor is they live a life shielded from consequence they don't know how their actions or don't care how their actions affect others hmm. um, and the blowback generally doesn't come to them anyway hmm. and so like a bear moving through the wilderness that wants to go from say water to food it doesn't sneak around and make sure the path is clear or anything like that it just goes straight line why because hmm. it's a bear no one's going to stop it. Yeah, who's going who's gonna to stand in this way? Mm. And so I guess there's one analogy yeah. between this and that. And, and some people could say that it's probably admirable that you take the more direct approach. But I don't think that's what the Scripture is saying at all. Mm. I think like a lion roars, it makes a lot of noise and intimidates people. Mm-hmm. Or a bear roams or charges. Straight line, get out of my way. Yeah. Um, we, we shouldn't aspire to be that way. As far as you know, being good people, right. being servants of God, being good leaders, we should not try to plow over people or intimidate them.
1: Right, um,
0: In right. fact should try to our best to avoid it. Hmm. But it's so hard to do.
1: Yes, the uh, the other references to scripture that to we bears in scripture, the other references to bears in scripture. Thank you. Uh, that we didn't highlight but which point to an imagined and hoped for future talk about the lion laying down with the lamb Mm -hmm. and the bear eating straw like the ox. And so I think scripture seems to be clear that as as far as this metaphor goes, uh, there is uh, there is a peace that is coming in which these animals will be more. Relational with other animals, uh, instead of just charging straight ahead, instead of seeking to that. devour um, uh, that, or yes, or 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 being louder or more ferocious than the other creatures. That there, that there is a, a time coming, and that the hoped for future of the of the church in the world is a time when uh, no creatures will fear, mm-hmm. uh, and that rulers will not devour. Those who are who
0: are ruled, which is a, it's not necessarily metaphorical, but it is a reference to oppression. Really, when you talk about rulers devouring, yes, we're talking about exploitation, oppression, all the stuff that we we try we try to avoid. Mm -hmm. And how do we in America try to avoid that? Uh, Free and fair elections. Free and fair elections. (laughs) (laughs) You cautioned me, but I brought it up anyway.
1: Well, there you go. I mean, it's, that's the week we're in, and so it, it seems like the elections went without uh, controversy for mm-hmm. the most part. People who lost made their concessions. There's a few runoffs. There's a process for that. So it's, so it's given weird. me a little bit more faith in our electoral system, to me be too. honest. I've been grateful to see that we had a peaceful election, so...
0: Uh, yeah, I am too, and I th- I feel like a lot of places learned their lessons mm. between two thousand and the last one. Um, I think we've come a long way as a society, I guess, at least societal mm. infrastructure. Mm-hmm. But there are some places that do it strange, like mm. the 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 one in Alaska um, where it it's like not so much a vote but it is a vote, but it's a different kind of vote. And then the one in Arizona where they do all their mailing in Is that mail-in like instant, runoff,
1: instant runoff elections? Well, there's the, the
0: it's like you vote for your, it's ranked choice electing. Yes, a ranked yeah, ballot. In Alaska. Yeah. And then the one in, I think it's Arizona, it's like you vote and everything's the, the same as it usually is. But they count all the mailings first and then the provisions and, and then they do the same day last. So it just flips. Mm-hmm. Nothing's really different. But it's just weird. And it, I and think,
1: That makes a backlog and it takes yeah, a longer yeah. time. So the,
0: the thing that stands out to me is not so much that it's better or worse than previous years. It's that I'm paying attention more to it now. Mm-hmm. I never would have thought about how does Arizona do their votes. Right. But I'm thinking about all that stuff now. And I think it changed all of us in some way. Yeah. Let me circle back. Yeah. so speaking of things that that changed us I'm on this trip hmm. I always thought I was a pretty good hunter but we get there and nothing is as it should be like for years they've been going there and hunting these certain food sources and it's been really dry and so there's none of these food sources so now where do I look for bears are they eating the same things no because there's none of that stuff yet hmm. um,
1: Anyway. Those are th- what berries or types of
0: well there's one sort certain kind of berry that looks like a little plum okay and there's a kind of acorn that grows on kind of like a brush oak it's like essentially a small oak tree hmm. um, and they'll they'll eat the dickens out of those if but just around. the acorns hmm. if they're around now elk they'll they'll just strip all the leaves off of and eat those or the, the twigs themselves so they're still a food source but for the bears they just care for the acorns anyway um so we get out there and nothing is working. And so it's like back to square one. You gotta learn to hunt all over again. Hmm. And so that was where it got really, really challenging. And then also the homesickness. Oh hmm. my God, Really? I missed home so bad. I mean we had a, we have a baby and I just I missed Christy. Worse than just being gone hmm. is being gone where there's like one spot where you could climb up to the top of a mountain and, and stand like three feet to the left of this tree or whatever, where you get some cell phone signal for a while yeah. if the wind's blowing right. It was nuts. And so I was just so disconnected, and I was just laying there thinking, God, get me home. Sleeping in yeah. a
1: tent, eating cold slop for breakfast and warm slop for dinner. Well, well you know,
0: Nature Valley bars. That's my, my hunting diet of choice. But. Yeah. I can imagine
1: how you would get homesick pretty quickly. I
0: was, I was very homesick. That's what I was telling you earlier before we started recording. I'm glad I went for the most part. Hunting wise, it was a wonderful adventure, and um, I learned a lot about me hmm. and uh, who I am as a hunter and a person. Um, would I, you say more about that? Well, I'd be I, curious. I, I'm not one to take on risks, hmm. I'm very risk averse, but I did. Um, the I, risk
1: of being out there in the woods or the what? what's the well, risk there's the
0: risk of being out there in the woods there's the risk of sleeping there with mountain lions and junk um, or, and the beer threat one of those <laughs> giant cows the size of an F-150 just decides to walk over your tent while you're in it Yeah. Um, there's the risk of spending money to go on a trip and not getting anything perhaps uh, if that matters it was last time I went on a bear hunting trip that, that happened which that was fine, but anyway, that, I I am usually one who shies away from any kind of risk.
1: I remember and you so. were getting your GPS tracker working. Yeah, and, man. I mean, were you were in the deep wilderness.
0: Yeah, we, we were. Um, when when the Colorado Game Warden, when I, when I, oh, I killed a bear by the way. So when the so it was when a the successful warden, trip, I guess. Yeah, it was, but more so for what I learned about me and about hunting. Than for killing a bear, I think. Although it is delicious, um, but when the game warden uh, was checking over everything, one of the questions they ask you, which I didn't know that they asked this, is where exactly were you when you pulled the trigger? Hmm. I could never tell. He just shows you a map. Well, like I had, I had memorized some landmarks that are on signs yeah. out there. Like the name of this place is blah. blah. None no, of that was on the map, right? And so I. I Couldn't tell them. We got as close as we could, and they said that was fine. But um, it it was ridiculous, but I don't remember why I brought that up. Oh, yeah, because of the GPS and all that stuff. Yeah. Yeah, it was just so remote, which Mm -hmm. I guess is what people like about it. Um, But that contributed to the homesickness. And anyway.
1: I've always wondered about the the references to lions and bears and other – scary uh, creatures in in the in the bible and it seems to me it must come it must have come out of lived experience of of the people in, in wilderness areas you Well, know? you got to
0: remember a, a big part of the old testament yeah is the journey through the wilderness yeah they ended up taking even even longer
1: when people were living in tents yeah and there's a there's a there's definitely uh a significant difference between living in four walls with uh, controlled air and,
0: <laughs> and electricity,
1: electricity yeah. and cable TV, and sleeping with uh, a thin piece of um, waterproof nylon uh, between you and, and and everything that that could eat you out there.
0: So, well, that's the, so. F- the first night we were out there, I woke up in the middle of the night. Actually, it was closer to the morning. <coughs> excuse me. To the sound of Something's something sniffing. sniffing the back of my tent. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I know that's a bear and it's going to come get me or whatever. Well, <coughs> it was close to the time to wake up anyway. I was freezing. Didn't know I was freezing until I woke up. Then I couldn't get back to sleep because I was so cold. And so I just got up. Well, it, the sun of... I say he's a son. You think a kid. He's like my age, a little bit younger than me. But the guy that went with it, that took me his son said that he had gotten up in the middle of the night and he saw a coyote. So we figured out that was probably what it was that was sniffing. But from that point on, I was like, you know, what's out there? What's going to get me? Well, about halfway through the trip, a bear came into our camp wow. after food. Mm. And um, as it moved... And, I mean, everything's so dry out there. If an insect lands on a stick, it, it snaps and you can hear it. Mm-hmm. That's a, a bit hyperbolic, but not much. <laughs> but as this thing's moving, it doesn't make a single sound. Wow. Like this. here, because of our leaves, you can hear a bear walking. But you can't hear anything when they were walking. Hmm. And I guess here they could be silent if they wanted to, but they're bears, so they don't care. But... I and mean, there, it, it, and so from that point on, I didn't. I just went to sleep because yeah. I know that if it's going to come get me, I'm not going to hear it till it's in the tent with me.
1: Yeah, I, uh, I, I wanted to put earplugs in when I go camping because I'm not used to the sounds. God. And obviously, you know, you, yeah, that takes time to just sort. And, and I think a little bit of faith to, to just trust that it's going to be all right.
0: You told me a story <laughs> about when you and Emily went to the Boundary Waters. Yeah. And she was, you know, freaking out over a storm, and you're just like, "Well, it's a storm. It yeah. happened." Yeah. There's
1: no safer place for us to be. I mean, we don't have many good yeah. options. So, I mean,
0: why don't you just stand out there in that field with a aluminum rod? I mean, <laughs> I, you, you just seem to be so cool with stuff. Right? <laughs> I, I freak out a little bit more, but I will say this: you get out there in the middle of nowhere, and the remoteness does make you homesick, but. It's also got its own beauty. Like to look up at the, in the night and there's no light pollution, so you can see mm. the Milky Way.
1: Mm. Um, Could you see Ursa Major?
0: Uh, so it's a bear reference. I like that. <laughs> now, I don't know what constellations are what. Okay. Uh, they're all dots to me, but it was cool to see like the actual like, stardust. Yeah. The shooting stars. I've seen shooting stars, but way more of them. Oh, yeah. You know, and oh, yeah. more frequently. Yeah. And you know that happens all the time. You just can't see it. Yeah. Um, and the sounds of just raw nature versus you know what nature you can hear between a car going by and you know an ambulance on 110 or whatever
1: definitely different sounds out there but
0: it it contributes to what we're talking about scripturally because to people that are immersed in nature these these references to creatures from nature to talk about our rulers make much more sense Yes. If you have been in the wilderness for forty years, you understand mm-hmm. the danger of a roaring, roaring lion. You understand the danger of a charging or roaming bear. You get that. Right. We read it and we're like, oh, a scary image.
1: Mm-hmm. But honestly, we get we read that and we think, oh, a lion. Well, what are my what are my references to lions? Oh yeah, Lion King. Yeah, Simba. <laughs> Simba. Yeah. What are my references? Scars, to, pretty scary. What are my references to bears? Blue, bear
0: necessity from Jungle yes. Book. Yes. yes,
1: the Berenstein Bears, uh, Wizards, Wizard of Oz, Lions There's and no Tigers actual and Bears. Bear. Oh my!
0: Just, that's your your reference is to a reference.
1: Winnie the Pooh. Okay, there you go. <laughs> I mean, a very cute reference. If you want to go way part. back
0: to our tween years. Tailspin. Tailspin? The brown version of Baloo Who Flies. Uh, Oh. You don't remember Tailspin? Disney Sunday afternoon? It's been a minute. Disney afternoon? It's been a minute. It's been a minute for everybody. Anyway, so, but, but if you are, if you're, if you're in an experience where you're roaming around in the wilderness, these things have a different meaning. Oh, yeah. And to get out among them Mm. is to understand it in a new way. Mm Mm-hmm. When it came time that I was actually hunting and I tried all these new strategies... Yes, tell me about the hunt. And, I mean, it took days. I found a food source, and I found a water source, and I determined based on topography and stuff where they might be traveling between the two and positioned myself where I could see in it, it was about 300 yards away. And when... I finally did see, uh, the first time I went there, I saw a bunch of elk going through there. And so I actually sat up there thinking, well, if I don't see a bear, at least I'll be entertained. Mm-hmm. Right. Because You elk. didn't have an elk permit, did no, you? No. Yeah. No. And it was elk <laughs> archery season. Uh, okay. So it's pretty easy to know who has which term uh, permit based on what they were carrying. Mm-hmm. But when I did finally see a bear, anyway, it was a big one. It, it wasn't that scary. Now, had I been right up on it and had it been charging me, then yeah. Mm -hmm. But it was just kind of doing its bear thing. Right. You know? Um, You were at a safe distance. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, as safe as you can be. Right. uh, If it wanted to get me, it could have got me. Mm. It never saw me. Mm -hmm. Um, They can run fast, can't they? They can. Faster than people. And you know the whole how do you what do you do just be don't have to be faster than the bear just faster than the guy you're with well there wasn't anybody with me and so I can't <laughs> that be, wasn't can't be faster than myself uh, no trees to climb because it's Colorado and it's sparse but anyway yeah. It, Obviously, could inflict any harm they wanted. Yeah, humongous paws yeah. with these giant claws on the end of them, hmm. and it's picking up these giant aspen logs from blow blowdowns like they're nothing. And you know, root. That's what I what I discovered they were eating was mm. roots. Hmm. I found where they've been digging up roots. Yeah, and knew that it was a bear because of the droppings that it left. Fun
1: fact yeah. about bear claws, not about bear droppings, unfortunately. I don't have any fun facts about those. But uh, one of the beasts in Revelation mm-hmm. chapter 13 uh, has the feet of a bear, mm-hmm. the claws of a bear. Everything else about the animal looks like <coughs> different animals a lion.
0: Um, There's like a.
1: There was. Eagle. Human, yeah. I can't remember There all was some of them. human in it, yeah. But the, the the feet are like that of a bear. And I imagine, I don't know, I mean, you had, is this the bear that you got? The one that you saw?
0: Well, the third bear that I saw was the one that I killed. Hmm. The first two, one I saw completely by accident, that's the one that determined, that led me to discover that they move in a straight line that we talked about earlier. Um, I never got a clear shot at that one. The second one was the one that came into camp. Mm-hmm. I took a shot at it and was so nervous and scared that I missed at thirty yards. Thirty yards. I wasn't going to admit bear. that on the show, but I wow. am now.
1: Um, well, I'm not. I'm more surprised that you were thirty yards from a bear and like you, yeah, that you weren't. I and, guess you were scared.
0: Uh, I, it was just this completely adrenaline fueled something. It was yeah. scared. It was. Um, there's pressure because there's other people watching. Um, I mean, you've been hunting with me, you know I'm a pretty confident shot. you've been shooting with me, yeah, um, but he's a pretty good shot, yeah, but but I mean, I got excited and and scared and nervous all at the same time, and I just yanked the trigger and when I did, I yanked the whole rifle down and shot underneath it mm. um, but the 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 one that I ended up quote unquote harvesting the one that's in my freezer um, <laughs> the third bear, yeah. Third bears the charge. Uh, it was 300 yards away, mm-hmm. so there's not that intense. What what's going to happen if it charges and there's a three year old running around in our camp? And there's not this, any of that pressure. And also, there's a three year old in your camp. Yeah, the son of the guy I went with, son, and that's, oh, that's the wow. party. Oh yeah. wow, wow, wow. Okay, um,
1: that definitely raises the stakes. I know, I
0: know. But when you shoot at it, it runs away. So um, the
1: kid, not the kid. Don't shoot at the kid. It,
0: I would imagine if you shot at a kid, it would run away. But I would not try that. Good. Yeah. Um, anyway, so the the one that's in my freezer. Um, Did you name this bear? No. Okay. But it. Would you mind if I named it? You spare? may. You may name it. Goldilocks. Or, okay. <laughs> anyway, so Goldilocks. Um. You have to wait. Colorado rules. You have to wait um, to see if any cubs show up. Because mm-hmm. a bear's not going to stand still while you do a gender check. Right. And so that's the only way to kind of determine if it's shooter or not. And so. If it's a boar or so. Well, you can't really know. You but, can't well, know. But they do their due diligence to say, well, you know, if you give it 10 minutes and. Well, I was having a.
1: That's uh, like when we were in high school. If the professor the teacher didn't show up with 10 minutes we were free to go unless it's a doctor yeah yeah. (laughs) um
0: so i i because of that wait and i waited much longer than 10 minutes because of something else that i'm not going to talk about but um i was having like an emotional moment but well that's good because of because of waiting that long i would calmed down yeah yeah so i wasn't i mean i was it was i was able to relax and Take, take the shot and you know tell myself where to put the crosshairs middle of the middle and squeeze yeah which on I, a deer is not where you shoot but.
1: I've heard that uh, th- at least the hormonal component of our emotions only lasts about two minutes in the body we mm-hmm. have a release it goes all around the body makes us freak out but then after two minutes you know, and, and sometimes it takes a little bit longer if you're really shaken, but...
0: Well, yeah, and it's different for everybody. Like, yeah. when you killed that deer, you were still shaking
1: after. I didn't start shaking until yeah, afterwards. Yeah, yeah, because it's and different for everybody. And then I was everybody. shaking uncontrollably. Yeah, and you were
0: like, I didn't know it was this cold. And I'm like, it's not that cold. Yeah. So, yeah, we're all different.
1: Like so. holding a soft, warm, electric fence. <laughs>
0: Interesting. I can actually see that, <laughs> except that electric fence is tick. Yeah. But, yeah. Yeah. When we first moved to Canton, we, we rented a house that was, had a cow field, a cow pasture all around it. So there's like a gate, and then you drive up into the cow pasture, but there's a fence on either side of the driveway, and it's just like a round place where you turn around in the house. It's so like you're surrounded by Cow pasture, and I was out walking our dog at the time. and Gideon came out, he was three, about to turn four. Mm-hmm. And I hear Gideon, my back was to him, and I hear him say, Ow, 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 ow. I said, Gideon, what are you doing? <laughs> ow, ow. So I turn around, he's holding on to the fence. He doesn't realize that's what's hurting him. <laughs> But every time it ticks, every time it pulses, it's yeah. hurting. Me. Like, get in, Let go of the fence. <laughs> anyway, I don't know why I brought that up except that because you mentioned uh, electric fence. Anyway, so, <clears throat> I didn't have that adrenaline in that moment. But getting back to the scripture reference, had that bear wanted to charge, nothing I can do. Hmm. And for people who are oppressed by wicked rulers, hmm. it's, It's tempting for the haves in those societies to say, well, they're just too lazy to work, or, well, they put themselves in that situation.
1: Yeah.
0: But when the bear is charging, there's nothing you can do. Mm -hmm. And for the people in those societies who are oppressed or who are, for whatever reason, they're maybe Mm under-resourced, or maybe they were born into some generational poverty cycle, whatever it is, they didn't necessarily make their bed, Mm. but they do have to lie in it. Mm -hmm. And to look down at them and say, well, that's their station in life, I enjoy mine, sucks to be them, is to take the attitude of the charging bear and Mm. say, well, I have control, you don't, and let me just plow over you. Mm -hmm. Um, And there's a lot, whether they're rulers or not, in our Western society... We can take the, the role of the roaring lion or the charging bear. We can see ourselves as, you know, pull ourselves up by our bootstraps. We're great. We're hardworking. Other people just need to get on our level and ignore the hardships in the rest of the world and also the hardships in our backyards. So we end up replicating the bear or the lion. The bear or the lion. Even if we're not rulers. Right. Right. Well, we
1: all have some power over some other people. Uh, not all of us, but most of us, uh, if, we, if we actually pause and, and look at, at what we have, at the, at the access and influence we have, uh, most of us actually have a fair amount of power over others. And there's really important uh, Christian... Reflection to be done about how to use that power.
0: Well, just think about as we head into the holiday season, how we shop hmm. affects others.
1: Yeah, the people who work, the people the, who work in sweatshops, the people yeah. who produce the things that we buy, um, the people who have to drive uh, delivery
0: trucks. Yeah, yeah, and it, it's it's all connected, and so even if we don't have a political title, we can be in the position. Of these wicked rulers Hmm. and I know where's the line I have a cell phone too I mean I get it but but it's it's good to at least think about right because if if you read the verses we read from Proverbs it doesn't come out and say it but it heavily implies God is not on the side of the roaring bear and the or the roaring lion and the charging bear God is on the side of those who are intimidated by that roar those over whom the bear charges right and so i think perhaps it's a good time to step back and you know and maybe this is a challenge to our listeners read the bible and look for references that stand out try to understand them more Um, we talked about animal references today but there are all sorts of them yes um try to understand them more and see where
1: you are those can be helpful means of interpretation Uh uh-huh i mean uh what I, one of my favorite sermons was about uh, Zacchaeus and the sycamore tree because I spent a lot of time studying how does a sycamore tree grow? Um, what, what does it look like? What does it feel like to be up in one? Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, you can think about that in terms of the fig tree that uh, that Which one? Philip, There's a bunch of them was uh, that Philip found his friend, Nathaniel, underneath. Mm-hmm. And, sa- and "And Jesus said, I saw you when you were under the fig tree. Have you ever stood underneath a fig tree? What is that like? It would be hard to stand under one. I mean, th- yes. They're very bushy. Yes, they're very bushy. But they do provide good shade. If
0: you're standing under one, you're actually standing in one. Yes.
1: Yeah. And uh, and so anyway, these, these may sound simple, but I think they can provide a rich... Uh, interpretive lens for scripture. Like you mentioned, uh, the stars that you saw every night. I mean, the Hebrew people were out under the stars every night. Yeah. And when we take the time to step out, uh, there's not a a person that I have spoken with who has had a clear night with a million stars up above them that hasn't been struck with wonder. Mm -hmm. And those experiences, I think are really important for helping us understand the emotional weight that Scripture is trying to deliver to us.
0: Yeah, so it's not just historical criticism. It's like historical, geographical, contextual criticism. Mm -hmm. Experiential. I can make up words because I'm a doctor.
1: (laughs) Okay, you took the shot. Yeah. And so I'm guessing the bear didn't come to you. You went to the bear. Well, the
0: bear ran off. Uh, you had to chase we had to find we had to chase it but it it died within seconds yeah but um, we had to find it we had to make a decision whether we're gonna drag it down the mountain and then around the mountain or climb the mountain with it where there was a road And we decided to climb the mountain it's a lot of hard work and then uh, that was it So have you ever been that close to a
1: a bear? I have drugged the
0: lifeless bodies of other people's bears that have killed them around here Mm -hmm. um, down mountains before. So that experience I have had, which Mm -hmm. is good because I knew how to strap it up and Mm -hmm. haul it and stuff. Did this bear feel different to you? You mean during that? Yes, because I was the one that pulled the trigger. Was it different? Uh, not not really. I mean it did feel different, but as far as just the, the activity of getting it out of the woods and, and skinning it and getting all the meat and stuff off that that I had done before. and mm-hmm. so um, that was I don't want to say it was routine. I don't do it that much, but it was not a new experience. But the only difference was just the knowledge mm-hmm. that I'd finally done it. I've been trying for years.
1: So, so at this point, I want to give you the opportunity, if you want to, to circle back and tell me what this emotional moment was that you had while you were waiting to see about this bear.
0: So, 20-something years ago, maybe not quite 20. We were in our 20s, so it would have been high teens years ago. Let me do some quick math. 17 years ago, my brother and I, we we were in... My neighborhood in Salisbury, North Carolina, walking my dog, and we came up with this plan that we had we had been hunting for a while, and how much more of a challenge would it be to hunt something that could hunt us? Mm. And we had decided that we were going to go bear hunting, and we we're going to do it in Quebec. This is back when Canada and the U.S. got along a little better. We're not terrible now, but. Uh, we were going to do it in Quebec and we came up with a plan. We were, all right, we'll make it happen in two years. Let's go save money. Hmm. So I saved the money and he got arrested and couldn't be around guns anymore. And then, but we still were, were going to try to find a way to do something. And then he died. Hmm. And so it was this. And when he died to overshare, by the way, you can learn all of this in Pursuit by Court Green. When he died, I lost that feeling that we described earlier—that mm-hmm. emotional adrenaline dump uh, feeling that you get when you make a decision to pull a trigger while you're aiming at an animal. Mm-hmm. And I thought it had become this almost sociopathic thing where I was just like, yeah. "See deer, shoot deer, haul deer off. You know, mm-hmm. don't feel anything." Mm-hmm. And there's something wrong with that. Mm-hmm. Um and I did not get it again, this has been three years. I did not get that feeling back again until in camp aiming at that bear. Wow. So when I was not when I was waiting on the bear that was Goldilocks, when I was waiting on Goldilocks, I was assessing the trip thinking, you know, even if I don't get a bear I got that feeling back mm. which is what this trip was about really because mm-hmm. i know that i feel nothing shooting deer now maybe i can rediscover that going after something i've never done before mm-hmm. um and then i had another thought this is all on my blog then i had another thought almost simultaneously and he's still dead mm. and i just broke down and cried yeah and so the reason I couldn't shoot when I saw Goldilocks is because I had eyes full of tears, yeah, and it was I was a mess, um, so I had to get myself together and work through all that stuff, and then finally, I was able to get the deed done,
1: so, so there was some some letting go and some grappling with what you can't change, yeah and
0: wow, yeah, it was. That was I wasn't going to mention it, but it was definitely a big part of the comment I made earlier. I'm glad I went mostly because of what I learned about myself. It yeah. was it was that emotional work that that I don't want to say that I did, but that happened mm. on the trip. Yeah, and so I, it was important, I think. Um, and we'll see either this deer season or next. I'm not going to be able to do much hunting this year because. I went to Colorado for two weeks and abandoned my wife and children. Um, One has responsibilities. Yeah, uh, but yeah. Whenever I do put crosshairs on a deer again, then we'll find out. Yeah. If it is, if that feeling's been restored, but I, I honestly think it will be there again. So we'll see.
1: Go out and buy the book "Pursuit" by Doctor Court Green. Yeah. And uh, we'll put a link to his blog.
0: Courtgreen.com is not that hard.
1: In this, if he wants to put a link to the blog in this, uh, if if, uh, that's interesting to you. And next week, we'll talk about uh, my trip to Armenia.
0: Yes, which is not Joseph
1: Arminius. Not Joseph Arminius, although that uh, has been something I've had to clarify several times. Especially for us Baptists. Yes. Uh, but we'll talk more about that trip to the motherland and, and also a kind of a part of my story and yep. reconnection. So right.
0: I'm looking forward to it because I don't know very much. I know a lot of the mission stuff. You can tune in for that next week or whenever we release the next episode. Uh, but I don't know much more about the trip. I know you got people there, but that's it.
1: All right. Well, for Pastor Potluck, I'm Peter Constantian.
0: I'm Court Green with apologies that we didn't talk about the Bible that much. Peace.